It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 75. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. There's been a lot of buzz about the Gopher football recruiting prowess in recent weeks, so we're going to continue to talk about that. This week, Gopher guru Daniel House from gophersguru.com. He'll give us a snippet about each of the commitments so far. He'll break down what he saw from the camps he attended personally, and also we'll peek ahead to the 2023 Gopher football season. If you're into football recruiting, then you've come to the right place this week. Daniel House from gophersguru.com will be my guest. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North m and serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Hey, make the most of your life's work. Visit Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 75 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to to do so, you can go back and listen to previous podcasts, including last week, for example. We spoke with all-time gopher great Daryl Thompson. He took part in a hot rod power tour through the southeastern United States. We also spoke with Ryan Burns. He gave us an update on that summer splash recruiting weekend. You should go back and listen. This week, it's episode 75, and we're still talking gopher football recruiting, this time with Daniel House from gophersguru.com. Daniel House joins me next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor state farm is there it's episode 75 we're going to talk golden gopher football again this week and it has been a big couple of weeks for the gophers as they have their annual summer splash and they've had some great uh commitments over the past couple of weeks and so a lot of people are talking about it a lot of people want to find out exactly uh what type of players the gophers are getting and one of the great guys that follows that and he's attended several of these camps and seen a lot of these kids in person is the gopher guru from gophersguru.com our buddy daniel 
House joins us. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Daniel. Good to see you. Grimmer, good to see you. I hope your summer's going well. It's camp season, recruiting season, so we, we stay nice and busy this time of year. Yeah, you've got uh, a lot going on for sure. Uh, just in general terms, uh, what do you think of what the Gophers have done here the last couple of weekends? What is it, a total of like six or seven kids that have been added to what is now a 22 or three-person uh, uh, recruiting class at, as of now? Eight players total in each of the past two weekends, and obviously headlined by Nathan Roy, a major recruiting win, getting a four-star offensive lineman out of Wisconsin, beat out Michigan State and UCLA, who are in the top three. Wisconsin didn't make the top three, which was interesting. I put together a piece looking at in-state Wisconsin offensive linemen. You can check it out on the website. Basically goes into detail about how rare it is that those guys actually leave the state. It's becoming less you know, prevalent that guys are staying in Wisconsin the last few years, but dating back to 2002, it's like 11 of the 17 four-star offensive linemen from Wisconsin. So to getting an opportunity to recruit him hard over the past, you know, few months and also looking at the film, I mean, just tons of upside. Brian Callahan has to be excited, the movement skills, uh, ability to get out space and out on the perimeter. Uh, just the length, the movement skills, the agility, just a great athlete with a frame that'll continue to get bigger and stronger once he gets in the strength program. And so Minnesota winning that battle is is extremely huge. I would say just big picture wise, I, I take away the length and explosiveness on the defensive line. They have players that can move all over the front, good versatility there. Uh, developmental defensive linemen who can follow a few different paths, uh, rangy, instinctive safeties, good speed in the secondary, uh, Samuel Madu, a cornerback from New York, a long corner with good athletic traits, very physical. Uh, the staff is very excited about him and, and the type of upside that he provides. couple receivers who run solid routes can create after the catch. Uh, linebackers with some good movement skills, uh, physicality. Rossi will definitely be coaching those guys up with with the upside that they have. So some great stuff on defense, and then headlined by Nathan Roy, who will be the the blue chip player of the class, being able to land an offensive lineman speaks volumes, Grim, about where they're at in the development of the program because. You know, John Michael Schmidt's going the second round, Daniel Falele going in the fourth round. It's the first time they've had an offensive lineman selected in the first four rounds of consecutive drafts since 68-69. Wow. So being able to sell that to recruits on the trail uh, and say, hey, you got an opportunity to play in the NFL – the track record's there now, and that was a big part of being able to land Nathan Roy. Yeah, and they've been good running the football as well, and I have to believe that some of those offensive linemen want to be you know, part of a road-grading offensive line. Um, not that that is going to be the case all the time because uh, we can talk about this later in the podcast in terms of what we might be looking at for, for uh, you know, offensive style with the two new co-coordinators and, you know, look, a different mm-hmm. quarterback, a different running back, uh, you know, some new receivers that have come in and all kinds of things, which we'll hit on. But we want to talk recruiting here um, it, here for most of this podcast. And we, we had Burnsy on last week and he kind of gave us some of the lowdown of, of all of the, uh, you know, what summer splash was all about and all of that so I wanted to have you kind of break down some of these guys because I know you watched the film uh, you've gone to camp Let, let's talk about the camp part of it first um, and and it's so much different now than certainly uh, 20 years ago and certainly 30 years ago in terms of how uh, 
kids are evaluated and what camps are about. It used to be when I was growing up, Daniel, uh, and I've mentioned this a lot, when I was growing up, and I don't want to sound like that guy, but I guess I am, um, in, say, for example, where I grew up in the state of Iowa, college coaches put on camps to make supplemental income they weren't they weren't making you know six seven million dollars you know back then college coaches were they were making a, a comfortable living but yeah they still uh, needed some side hustle particularly the assistant coaches the assistant coaches would would work at those camps and then they would that would be a way to make money so they would take hundreds of kids in and in Iowa it was a big deal to go to the Lute Olson basketball camp or the Hayden Fry football camp and you might only see Hayden Fry one day out of the camp and that was to take the picture that you got at the end of the week with you and Hayden, right? And uh, otherwise, it was assistants and GAs and everything putting this camp on, and it was a way that they made um, their little side uh, hustle, so to speak, and 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 to help those assistants make ends meet. Well, now everyone's getting paid. Coaches, top to bottom. I mean, the lowest rung assistant coach in in the is a six figure yeah. coach, right? So now it's become basically uh, a means with which to get athletes on campus with which you can evaluate in person to see if you want to recruit them, right? Take us through the process, and I know you've, you've attended a few of them here this summer. Yeah, Minnesota's camps. I like how Minnesota runs their camps relative to other ones that I've been to. Low price point for people to come and good skill development because they cap the number. They want to make sure that kids are getting quality reps, and they go through and coach these fundamentals, teach kids Uh, different things that they can take away and apply to their game, but also the big picture side of it in terms of how you can become a better leader and Fleck really emphasizes that throughout the camp. Uh, And I, I feel like the, the Minnesota's camps uh, relative to some of the other ones that I've been to uh, the, the, the staff wants to see how you compete in those situations. Some players might slip through the cracks. This might be their only opportunity to get in front of a coach. And you may find someone that catches your eye and you go, wow, uh, we want to extend a preferred walk-on opportunity to this player. The Gophers have shown that, you know, just because you're a preferred walk-on doesn't mean you have a, don't have a chance to become a scholarship player potentially down the road. So those camps, PJ remembers what it was like when he was younger, going to camps, getting an opportunity to work in front of coaches and getting noticed. And so he wants those kids to have that opportunity. I was at River Falls the other night and it was like, gosh, there's 900 kids there. So I'm thinking about, like you said, their coaching staff, some of those lower level assistants at a D3 program, they were able to bring in some revenue to pay for some coaches. But you get a chance to, it's hard to even keep track and evaluate players when you got that many out there all in one session. So they, it got a little bigger than they wanted it to from yeah. people that I talked with. <laughs> so the price split it into two sessions, but it's not even just the local camp scrim. It's these satellite camps. I mean, Minnesota's at Wayne state, Houston, TCU, uh, Kennesaw state, South Florida, a whole bunch of different satellite camps. And that's where you find a lot of volume of players. You have people back in Minnesota looking at a Google sheet. They're seeing where these guys, how they're running, what type of athletic splits they're putting up. And then they're telling people down there, hey, this is basically how we're going to evaluate. That's how several teams have said that they do it. They look at the numbers and then pinpoint players down from that. So it's an evaluation opportunity better than seeing kids on film all the time because you, you, kids can doctor clips. They can use slow-mo and speed things up and do all these different things. So there's nothing that beats the in-person evaluation. And Minnesota certainly values the camps. I would say 
even more than a lot of programs do. Yeah, and you've got the uh, the you know the raw numbers, the the data points that you can put in, whether it's and you know way more than I, whether it's uh, you know the the forty or the shuttle or I don't know if they do bench presses like they do at the at the combine. But what what kind of different skill sets or drills do you get through that this Google sheet then puts on paper that they can evaluate the numbers? Well, you can go and look at 40s and shuttles. There's different things that are applicable to each specific position. So let's say you're looking at defensive linemen. You want to look at 10-yard split, broad jump, vertical. The flexibility traits are important there. And then you probably look at the 40. Uh, you want to break it down like so you can see the burst and the 10-yard, the 20-yard split, and then you eventually get to the 40. So you're looking at all of the different things and then – going to positional drills, watching how players move on the field. What do they look like? How do they engage in the drill? That's something that I like to look at. Are players sagging to the back of the line? Are they coming up taking reps? How are they interacting with their teammates? That's something that I believe Minnesota looks at significantly at these camps. And then the O-line, D-line one-on-one. So if we're talking about D-line, you want to see how they handle each rep, what type of traits they have. I mean, you could just look at a player. Like, for example, I was at the last camp and Mo saying a commit from Eden Prairie was there and you look at him in the D line group and instantly just off traits is a player that stands out the wingspan, the length and the athletic traits. But then you watch him go through the drills and you see, you know, just think what he can do with coaching. You watch Rossi talking to him between reps and then applying the technique 82 inch wingspan at 6'5, 270, so can play a couple different techniques on defense at defensive tackle, one or three tech path potentially. That's just what you're looking for at these camps is to see the traits and the coachability of these players. Yeah, and I'm wondering too, you, you mentioned like, oh, let's say a coach would just have, okay, here's his height, here's his wingspan, here's his weight, um, here's his position, here's his 40 time without ever even watching film. In some cases, you could you could include a kid that you don't even know whether he can play or not, just based on mm-hmm. the Google sheet, right? And then and then yeah. you want to watch him play. I'm not I'm not suggesting. Oh well, this kid's six six with a you know eighty inch vertical or eighty inch wingspan and a thirty nine inch vertical, all that stuff. Um, you wouldn't probably then just offer the kid based on that. You'd want to see him, but it might be some. It's unlikely a kid that looks like that would would, would fall through the cracks necessarily. But I'm sure that there are things where you just look at the spreadsheet and say, okay, this is you, here's five kids kids we got to really uh, at least go look at here at this satellite camp or even at, at your own camp yeah and that's the thing the numbers help you filter down when you have so much volume you can sort of put it all together and say okay these are a few players that you definitely want to get an eye on and then you go watch the film you watch them play in a live setting and at a camp and compete and it just formulates together to put the best plan forward for recruiting and targeting players. And I feel there are even a lot of opportunities that teams aren't even tapping into yet that they will be down the road here using technology that's available to assess how fast a player is running, how much effort they're putting in. Teams are using it in their practices, but I'm wondering how it will apply to potentially evaluation of players when they come to these camps and things. Someone will eventually contribute the resources at a program to be able to outfit people with all the player tracking. So then you take it to another level where you've got somebody looking at it and you're able to put together a robust athletic profile on that player and project out because a lot of this is too projection. You got to figure out 
what is this player running now? What's their splits and what can they be with quality coaching and development? So it's it's a very detailed. You're going to swing and miss on some. You're going to hit on some. That's part of the recruiting process. But where I think Minnesota gets the edge over other people is the character evaluation side of it, where they're looking for a specific type of player that will fit what they're trying to do from a culture and scheme standpoint, fitting all checking those boxes. That's the most important part is to have that smart football player who will buy in and learn and and grow in many different areas. Yeah. And you look at, you know, blue bloods, the Ohio States, the Oklahoma's, the USC's Michigan, you know, Georgia, Alabama, they, um, they obviously kind of get the pick of the litter and probably have to worry less about development. They probably are getting kids on campus that can jump in day one, play day one at a high SEC uh, top end, all big 10 kind of level places like Minnesota on the flip side have to really concern themselves with how a kid projects. Right. And then uh, that kid's probably not going to play as a freshman, maybe a red shirt. Maybe he gets in two or three games, save that red shirt. And then eventually you get to the point where years two, three, four, they uh, buy into the program or don't. Uh, maybe they're out. Maybe they leave, as, as PJ Fleck has mentioned. That that's that's part of uh, part of the philosophy he has. Is as you uh, get old, you want to get old. You don't want to have you know a young team. And if you can stay old, it's even better. And if you can stay old with kids who have bought into the program, then that's that's ideal. But in 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 Minnesota's case, it's probably the same at at the the neighboring schools to a certain degree. Iowa and Wisconsin, I think, also over the years have had success at this. Is uh, they project, and then you have to. Come Coach them, coach them up, as they say, and, and develop them. And and uh, so you're right. That's an important um, tool is is the projection. How's this kid project? Uh, not this fall, but in two falls from now, or or as a redshirt junior, where does he project? Yeah, and you throw all the the ratings out. You know, everybody looks at the ratings. It's like the coaches are looking at it as can this kid play at the Power Five level if he follows the path that we set forward for him. And that's done by, like we said, numbers, on in-person evaluation, film, talking to people, vetting players, learning about them, going on to their schools, visiting with people, getting as much information. It's everybody thinks that like data is just numbers and all that, but there's a lot of qualitative stuff that people are doing. These coaches are doing, staff members that they don't even realize they are collecting information all the time. It's just information. So that paints the picture of how you put together a really good recruiting class is blending all those elements together. So Minnesota has done a nice job of that and recruiting in-state at a high level in this class. That's been one of the takeaways as well. Yeah, and uh, that that, that uh, top-level uh, Minnesota uh, side of it has been, um, as PJ would say, elite this year for sure. There's a couple of kids still there that um, they're still working on. Otherwise, it has been close to a clean sweep from a Minnesota standpoint for sure. Gopher fans, I want to talk for a quick minute here about Affinity Plus. They're your local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one right near campus in Minneapolis on University. You can learn more and find other ways to connect by visiting affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. They're a great gopher supporter. I can't speak highly of them enough. You will definitely be thankful to get connected 
connected with Affinity Plus. Daniel House with us here on the Go Gopher podcast. When you go to camps, uh, take me through what you are looking for and how you try to spend your day and uh, how much might it differ from from even what a coach might do. Well, I, I have a different approach. Uh, I, I go to camps and I like to just, when I get a roster, it's like I, I don't want to look at any of the names. I just want to start the, the the practice and go, who's popping? See how they move, watch the practice evolve, and then sort of look at the roster and go, okay, here's a few. You know, you cheat a little bit. You know, yeah. you kind of you look, you know a few players that are, are going to be there, but I want to see who the diamond and the rough players are. Is there somebody that I can find that maybe would slip through the cracks? And that was the case at River Falls, just because of the volume of players. There's a couple here there that – like, this player could be a preferred walk-on player at the Power 5 level, potentially. But, you know, I I look at that. I look at the numbers that if you can hear what type of number the player's putting out, you stand around and see what, what type of number they're putting up in a specific drill. It, it, I like to go around to the, to the different spots and drills for each specific position, and then obviously I know which ones that I want to watch closely. So... Uh, it's a blend of different things. It's sometimes hard to just keep track of everything, especially when you got a high volume. So you got to focus and hone in on what you want to see that specific day because you kind of know who the top targets are that are going to be there. But then maybe you'll find a couple diamonds in the rough just just based off watching. Have you um, on the Gophers Guru webpage had uh, some breakdowns then of what you've seen here the last uh, for, from this last group of Gophers uh, particularly uh, and what the class looks like and what you're getting out of camps? Yeah, I have camp takeaways from the camps that I've been at, and then each player's got to write up and break down, uh, looking at different clips and pulling things out uh, and also describing how the players will fit into the system. Uh, like I said earlier, the athletic traits of this group are very strong. The speed in the secondary specifically, uh, those are things that I, I like to see. Uh, just the ability to play very fast on defense. And that's what, when you watch these teams, you mentioned it earlier with Ohio State's, Michigan's, those teams that are at the upper echelon, they're able to get the four or five star player with premier speed. Minnesota is trying to find those players that have the speed profiles that just need development and refinement. And that's across position groups. This, this class in general is filled with a lot of upside athletic traits. They definitely are looking for players at this point in the regime that they can get in here, develop up. I mean, when you initially arrived here in Minnesota, you were trying to find players you could contribute immediately. You were trying to lay the foundation for the program. Now you're at the point where you've been around, there's some sustainability, you have recruits that know how Minnesota likes to play, what their style is and who their coaches are. So now you're able to elevate the caliber of player plus get the upside that where you want it with the athletic, the physical traits, and then now the the coaching staff is able to elevate the class to another level that maybe they hadn't before just because of that sustainability factor. I know PJ talks a lot about that, but it's a huge, huge thing that, especially with the in-state kids, they now they now know that Gopher football is working toward building something and they're seeing the results and, and that's a key. Yeah, and I would think from a from a, a administrative side in terms of the coaches' side of things uh, to get those in-state kids here, I would think they're less of a flight risk in terms of portal or discontent or what have you. 
not always. That can sometimes having mm-hmm. mom and dad around uh, and look, it's <laughs> not always going to be positive. That 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 sometimes yeah. can can play against it. We've seen that because uh, you know if you're if you're if your family lives 800 miles away and you might be getting nicked by the media or the message boards or what have you, you might not know. Uh, if the family's 18 miles away, uh, they might have that idea, and so it isn't always uh, less of a flight risk. But I, I think that that is also a key, and also just think it, it's um, it, it's a it's a program builder in the sense that uh, people, whether they want to admit it or not, particularly with what we're seeing now with some of these outstate kids, Detroit Lakes, Alexandria, uh, is it Cass and Manorville, uh, uh, is it Tracy, Minnesota, uh, the kid from North Dakota, all these uh, that that just to me elevates the uh, the the statewide nature of the program as well, and and it, it's valuable. Yeah, and football, it's it's becoming a sport where kids have access to very good training. They're they're able to even if it's virtually work with people. I know a lot of kids that haven't even met people that they work with online. They're able to take video and, and do a live workout with a virtual coach yeah. to take their game to the next level. There's no barrier to entry. You can be up in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota and access one of the best defensive line coaches in the country if you want, just because the barrier to entry is like non-existent now. So I look at that and feel as if the talent pool is even better than it's ever been before nationwide. It's all about finding those players and determining fit, finding the ones that align with your scheme, your beliefs, your culture, all those things. And it, people think it's cliche, but it matters in a, in a big way. And that's what I've noticed specifically with this class. And there's been kids that have come to camps, Grim, years ago that like they – show what they could do and then now when they become recruitable and they're getting to that point where you know they're getting ready to make a decision they gained interest from minnesota because they were at camps early on in their career so my biggest advice to people if they're listening and you have a player that you you have a kid that wants to play at the next level get them to camps because that matters a ton yeah no no, no doubt about it and I, I think you look at the track record of pj fleck going even back to his time at western michigan and the amount of kids that even when he was there that have ended up on nfl rosters or at least a shot at pro football the projection nature of what we're talking about uh they hit they had a nice percentage of in terms of kids they hit on at western michigan and as you mentioned it's been the same and now to elevate that and if they continue that same percentage uh this could be a pretty exciting next handful of years here with with what is getting stacked you know pj's talked about stacking back to back to back and then you have to you have to do it every year so i i think there's some uh there is some track record there with this coaching staff yeah and i i always want to look at the class relative to how how each year are you doing it a little bit different what position groups are you targeting and this class specifically you look at defensive line i go through it uh, Adam Kasai, a commit that they just got from Florida this weekend, almost six foot seven, 230 pounds, a long frame defensive end who can play five tech. Then you got the ability to kick him inside to play three technique on pass rushing downs if you want. Mismatch type of player with phenomenal athletic traits, grew up playing soccer, but then got into football and a very committed player. That's what I've heard from numerous people I talk with, wants to be the best at what he does. And that aligned well with what Minnesota is looking for in a specific player. Then you look at Jalen Hicks, a defensive lineman from New York. Uh, I see someone who is also versatile, five tech, three tech, move all over the front, do a lot of different things for you, physical traits that can be developed. But then there's G-Day Abbasiri, 
Prior Lake uh, defensive lineman who, when you look at him, just just watch him play. You go, this this player is going to play at the Power Five level. The length, the speed, the quick twitch athleticism just needs to develop all the technique side of it, but has the athletic ability already. I know the staff is very excited about him. Mo Sane, who I mentioned earlier, versatility at the defensive tackle spot, just needs to learn how to use his wingspan to his advantage and dial in the technique, the hand usage, all that stuff. But again, another player who jumps out when you look at the traits and the athletic ability, they have a clear type of defensive lineman that they're looking for. And that's been apparent. Riley Sunram, another one you mentioned, North Dakota. Uh, he came to a camp last July. And I tell you what, Grim, that watching him at camp, I would put that camp performance at the top of ones that I've seen that I've been going to. Him and uh, and the kid from Tracy that you mentioned earlier, Tony Nelson, those two always stand out above the rest. He has the athletic ability and the flexibility to play three technique defensive tackles, my projection for him inside hands extends sheds blocks uh one with a little bit of technical nuance getting leverage uh all those different things that you're looking for as you project out sunram shows it so as i mentioned defensive line a lot of upside in that group build with the pass rush sam macy uh, another player from chanhassen i mean i i was teasing some people the other day i'm like is this nascar because you got so many pass rushers in this class that do a lot of different things how are you going to fit all this together They're like we'll figure it out we'll, yeah. we'll come up with a way to scheme it but sam macy from chanhassen is more of a speed oriented rusher that needs strength development but has again the athletic traits so you see athletic traits link the quick twitch athleticism and the versatility of that pass rush that's the kind of the cornerstone of this class thus far combined with team speed in the secondary with coy parrish from uh, Esco, Minnesota, a very, very athletic player. You watch him play basketball, he's got hops. You watch him on a football field as a back on offense and then reacting, triggering at safety on defense. Very, very talented athlete. And Zaheer Rayner, a big get out on the East Coast from Virginia. His dad, Wally Rayner, played in the NFL for a while. Uh, I watch him and I see someone who can play in that Antoine Winfield Jr. versatile type of role in the defense. And he said Antoine Winfield Jr. is one of his players. He 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 loved Antoine Winfield Jr. watching him. So again, like we talked about earlier, seeing those players that have come through the program helps you in recruiting down the road. So Rainer, versatile athletic player who can kind of play that role that Winfield did potentially down the road. Uh, exciting stuff on the defensive side of the ball specifically. Yeah, and you, you, we've gone through quite a bit. I think it's 23 total, uh, Daniel House with us, gophersguru.com. Uh, let us let let me just run through some that we haven't talked about of this 23. And, of course, um, I, I see this all the time. You, you're not guilty of this, but just general of fans, they'll say, hey, they signed a kid. Hey, they And, and technically nobody signed yet. Uh, it won't be until December um, <laughs> that these kids sign. So um, this is the current 23. Um, will it change? It could. Uh, you hope it doesn't. You never know. Will they add to it? I think they probably will, particularly for uh, certain kids. And I, you know, there's a hundred percent chance they're holding spots for for a few kids here that are still in the decision making process. Because 
some of these kids haven't even played their senior year, and you got to believe there's going to be um, kids that aren't necessarily even on the radar yet that might pop as a senior too. That might have been either behind somebody or, or you know, look, a summer's worth of work can matter. You, you know, some junior it that's does. that's that's been in the weight room now since March and gets back on the football mm-hmm. field in in September. Uh, who knows what that growth is? And so anyway, that that's an interesting part of it. But um, I'm going to go through the list that I have in front of me and just give us you know 15 20 seconds on each um uh jacob simpson was one of the kids a summer splash kid from iowa uh tell us about him jacob simpson's super athletic he's someone who displayed very good body control he's able to move uh, out wide and play in their offense the burst and acceleration out of breaks was apparent Uh, i see him being a versatile weapon who can win both over the middle and vertically give you a different type of dis- dimension in terms of like a chess piece offensively get you into a lot of different formations just because of his versatility super athletic big frame tight end that minnesota will build around and they got him out of iowa how about Corey smith brownsburg indiana Corey smith is a sudden route runner i really liked what i saw in that specific area of his game quick out of breaks which is something that you got to have as a wide receiver at this level generated a lot of separation by running different routes grim like digs fades hitches speed cuts some quick screens i see him somewhat being someone who can line up on the outside or in the slot and that versatility is valuable when you're putting together game plans uh, also able to win after the catch too puts stress on defenses in space uh, and that's something that I feel is extremely important. As you know, yards after the catch is a, is a big factor in success. Got a quarterback commit this class out of Arkansas, Drake Lindsay. Yeah, Drake Lindsay. I watched, I did a film breakdown. It was one of my favorite ones I've actually done in entering year nine doing this. Uh, I was impressed with his ability to throw with anticipation. Throwing receivers open is something that I I like watching for when evaluating quarterbacks. He can do that, move people with his eyes. There's one clip, if you go to my breakdown on the website, where I show him throwing the receiver open on the end line and the receiver's out of the frame and he just throws it to a spot. The defenders move as he's using his eyes to, to shift the entire defense. Just a phenomenal rep. And then also I'd say the other things, quick feet in the pocket, shows pretty good pocket presence, able to move around and drive the football from the opposite hash. I'm looking at like the corner routes. How do they throw those from the opposite hash? Are they able to drive it? And he's able to do that. Uh, Lindsey also has an intriguing story because he tore his patella tendon, missed the season, then uh, sat behind as a backup, then played and had a very successful season. So he's overcome some adversity in his career and looks like a player who could potentially have a big senior year and elevate forward to another level. And his grandpa played for the Vikings, Jim Lindsay, back in the day, a special teams ace. So uh, some connection to Minnesota as well. Yeah, for sure. Julian Johnson, tight end, defensive end out of the state of Illinois. Another tight end that's versatile, gives you some options developmental-wise. I see the Gophers, you know, you look at the game of football, Grim, where it's heading, Maybe you're going back to the, some of this two tight and 12 personnel pound the football type of thing because of the three, three, five defenses. You got lighter boxes. Teams might try to run downhill a little bit more. So you want to have not only that ability, but to spread people out, do some creative things, big target, excellent athletic traits, six foot five flexes out wide frequently makes a lot of plays in space, high points, the ball in traffic, like how he can accelerate up and go get the football. 
and he's able to drop his weight out of break points while flattening off. Uh, there's one rep where he dropped his weight, accelerated out of the break, and then flattened off the speed cut and made a nice play. Uh, a lot of yards after the catch as well, you know, intermediate crossers underneath shallows, tracking passes outside of his frame all over. So another athletic player who can be a mismatch. Him with Jacob Simpson is intriguing, just looking at what you can do with potentially two tight ends on the field because – you can use those guys almost like a power slot option because they got such athletic ability. And he came on strong and ended up with all kinds of power five offers and shows the mm-hmm. Gophers. Uh, one of the outstate kids we talked about, Mason Carrier, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Mason Carrier, I remember watching Mason Carrier and was immediately drawn to seeing him in person, just how well he moves on the field. Range, instincts, side to side speed. And when you look at the numbers as well, reportedly runs like a 415 shuttle. So that's 90 plus percentile, good vertical, good 40 yard dash. And he has the developmental frame as well to continue gaining physical strength while maintaining athletic ability. Also, you got to look at where he plays at, plays a lot of run heavy teams. So he wasn't able to showcase the athletic ability from a coverage standpoint. So getting him at workouts and seeing what he could do in that area elevated him to another level very hard-working player who's put in a lot of work to improve his game and uh, intriguing player that Rossi will get to work with Brady Pretzloff out of Michigan Brady Pretzloff long uh, linebacker six foot three 215 pounds flies all over the field 115 tackles five sacks two picks last year uh, I like the physicality uh, movement skills that he shows a slid between blocks, fit the run, made a lot of disruptive plays in the backfield. Uh, I noticed him, his movement skills while he's playing uh, on offensive side of the ball too. I like looking at how players do on that other side of the ball because it, it often tells you a lot about how they move, what their athletic traits are like, and he did a nice job there. Coverage standpoint, able to drop into underneath zones and play in space, which is important when Minnesota's dropping into zones like they do defensively, having a linebacker that can do all those different things while maintaining physicality and being able to get off a block. So uh, two intriguing linebackers that Minnesota added in this class as well. We all talk about the DBs and the and the defensive line, but the linebackers in this class are, are intriguing as well. Mike Gerald was one of the summer splash commits out of Texas. Yeah, saw him down south uh, at satellite camps. Speedy player, 44840, 75th percentile when you're looking at uh, right now among uh, combine cornerbacks when you go through the database transition quickness straight line speed breaking on the ball making tackles on the perimeter i uh, did a nice job of limiting space getting into passing lanes uh, i like targeting uh, cornerbacks with wide receiver backgrounds he was very talented vertically as a wide receiver with his speed being able to take the top off of defenses and locate deep balls downfield so I We didn't mention this earlier, but positional versatility is something in this landscape I feel is important. Guys who, can, who played wide receiver and corner, it's not only good for the instinct side of the game, translates well to whatever position you play, but also gives you flexibility roster-wise if you get in a position where maybe somebody has to go over to the other side of the ball, you have that flexibility now. Jalen Smith, receiver out of Mankato. Mankato, Minnesota. I spent a lot of time down there back in the day. Uh, Jalen Smith, very very fast player uh you saw that in the track background as well uh i see you know a a threat downfield 
able to win vertically quite a bit, solid body control and ball skills when tracking deep balls. There are a few back shoulder reps where he had to get position, flash his hands late. So good ball tracking, quick hands, a speed type of player who can win off of double moves vertically. Uh, I want to see what he can become when all those athletic traits are harnessed. He's able to work with Matt Simon. Again, another player with athletic traits that projects out that the coaching staff liked in-state and being able to keep a player like that at home who could potentially, like you said, have, have a very good senior season and, and burst onto the scene there. Dallas Sims uh, out of Florida. Dallas Sims, big physical type of wide receiver. And I always say you want to have receivers who you got to have those speed shifty oriented receivers, but you got to have the big physical types as well that are athletic. Six foot three, 195, 15 years old. He moved away from Manitoba to get more football opportunities in the U.S. Chose Clearwater Academy, a program that the Gophers have picked some players out of before, including Mauricio Hines, a player who committed this last weekend. Uh, Sims, big target, moves well for a player with the size profile, uh, able to set up double moves downfield. Quick feed at the initial aspect of the release, uh, ran speed cuts, corner routes effectively, gained separation uh, using those. Didn't really have to cycle down while running uh, running routes uh, out of the break. That's something that I look for, maintaining speed through the break point, and he's able to do that despite being a bigger, more physical receiver. He can continue to uh, you know, just be used in a creative way. Future alignment, versatility, slot outside just because – of his mismatch ability. So excited to see what he can do. Another home uh, state kid to talk about, uh, another athletic kid, Simon Seidel out of Hill Murray. Yeah, he's one of the more intriguing players for me. Uh, hockey background, uh, played at Hill Murray there, uh, immigrate, uh, came to the U.S., uh, immigrated here, was a big hockey, became uh, a big fan of hockey. In 2010, his brother Sawyer and him were adopted from Congo. And so he came here and just fell in love with hockey, then started getting exposed to football and play wide receiver and cornerback. Another player who plays on both sides of the ball, very good athletic profile. I just noted how he's able to break on the ball, get into passing lanes, super, super explosive type of, of player, a solid movement skills. And there's one rep where he, he was in zone and he broke on the ball and was able to get in there for a leaping interception. And I went, man, it, a lot of intriguing traits that he has. He just needs to learn how to play the position, develop up. Uh, but, you know, I, I've been trying to find Grim players with hockey backgrounds that translated to corner, and I'm still looking. I'm yeah. still trying to find corners that played <laughs> hockey because I'm curious, like, the balance side of it. How does it translate? Our guys, do they gain an edge from the different things that they do in hockey as a defensive back? I think it applies, but Simon Saito will be a – case study for it I'm, I'm interested in how he develops up he's one of the more intriguing players developmental wise uh Jaden Wright let's talk about him uh out of Kank I, I believe it's Kankakee Illinois same town as uh, Chris Altman Bell you got your t your towns down from uh calling all these <laughs> games Jaden Wright physical back 510 220 instant size and physicality I saw him at a camp last year I was impressed with how he moved laterally uh, for a player with his size profile, changes direction, keeps his legs moving through contact, generates a lot of power from his lower body on runs and finishes things with authority. Uh, good pass protection reps on film as well. Several instances where he's able to chip rushers, square up versus the blitz. Gives them a different skill set in their running back room 
more of a blend of, you know, you, you already have that blend of speed and explosiveness with some of the backs. Now you got that more physical power oriented type of skill set that can come in and run between the tackles. I, I like Jaden Wright. All right. Uh, you mentioned this kid before, uh, but I want to get more in detail on his background. Uh, Mauricio Hines, is he another Canadian that went to high school in Florida? Yes, he is. Mauricio ended up, he grew up in Nova Scotia, was in Pennsylvania for a while, played a year there, and then now uh, most recently at Clearwater Academy. 6'5", 285, offensive lineman. The first thing you notice when you watch him play is the mobility. Very athletic for a player with his size. That that alone will allow him to be versatile. You look at the physical athletic traits, can play multiple different positions. I actually said he reminded me a lot of a younger Zach Tom who played at Wake Forest. He's a current Packers offensive lineman, has that same type of agility, movement skills, uh, potential versatility. Uh, He played a little defensive end in Pennsylvania as well, played some right tackle uh, at in at that school and then played right guard this last season. So a traits player that Brian Callahan can work with that has versatility and had some nice offers, Arizona, Maryland, Wake Forest, uh, among a couple others. All right, last one. And if we missed in this rundown uh, anybody, it's because we had previously talked about him in the podcast. So I don't think we've left anybody out. Um, and as an announcer, I always try to get these pronunciations right. I have no idea how to say this young man's name. Hopefully I'm saying this kid's name like <laughs> 75 times for touchdowns, but I'm going to give it a whirl here. Oifame Ijaboy. I don't know if that's right or not. Running back out of Pennsylvania. That was pretty good. Oifami Ijaboy. I, I would say that probably is how you pronounce it, but we will work on, on <laughs> gathering that. One cut style runner, good burst and acceleration, makes the first defender miss. That speed not only appears on film, but you ran a 10 8 900 meter, which converts to about a 4 5 40 yard dash. He's able to cut and get downhill in a hurry and then accelerate through the second and third levels. That vision and that acceleration, that one cut rushing style fits well with the gopher zone blocking scheme, particularly outside zone where you got to make a specific read and get downhill decisively. Uh, he showed those traits and then also being able to receive a bit. Swing passes, screens, uh, that type of versatility is major. Uh, I'm actually been studying that a lot this offseason, the value of backs in the passing game. So keep an eye on that on the website. But very good athletic traits, someone that will complement Jaden Wright well, another running back in the class who's more of the physical uh, dimension type of back. Um, and that that that's the 23, as mentioned, if they weren't in the list, it means we had talked about them previously in the podcast, including Nathan Roy, who is at the moment the headliner. Uh, where do you think the class goes from here, Daniel, if you had to, had to guess? Well, now you're just waiting on Wyatt Gilmore and Emerson Mandel. Both uh, Gophers have been recruiting hard. We'll see how that process shakes out for both of them um you know you look at Wyatt Gilmore he's been taking a couple of visits uh Oklahoma is the team I'm watching specifically as a team that will take on Minnesota uh, in the recruiting race Emerson Mandel uh Wisconsin's another team to watch there so how ironic would that be if Minnesota took uh Nathan Roy and then Wisconsin got Emerson Mandel but we'll see how the whole process shakes out for both of them but if they're able to land those two and keep all the in-state talent at home that would be very impressive it Graham it comes down to this I I I feel like this group of commits they all are rallied around trying to get other people to come join them and and that's the most effective recruiting tools when you have players that bring the other guys with them 
that's what I noticed with this group. So I wouldn't count anything out on those two. All right, Daniel House is with us, gophersguru.com. We haven't had you on uh, our podcast since the uh, since the spring game, so I'd be interested just to get your general thoughts on what you saw in uh, in late April when uh, we were stuck indoors to watch it. But uh, I thought there were some things that uh, you could draw from that. What did you draw from it? Uh, just drawing from the spring practices that we were at plus the spring game. You know, the spring game is always the Caps vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Rossi is not putting any. <laughs> chocolate chips or sprinkles on that thing it is the most basic Kemp's uh vanilla ice cream but from what i saw the receiver talent is definitely one of the takeaways offensively daniel jackson has made even more strides looking forward to seeing what he can do Corey crooms is a dynamic weapon out of the slot sudden type of route runner who can win in space and Elijah Spencer, who I think is one of the more intriguing players on the team, if you're looking for one breakout candidate, he would be the player I would peg immediately. Had a nice spring game as well. A good route runner, can attack the ball in traffic. Studied his film at Charlotte and liked him a lot. Lamecki Brockington in that room, who burst onto the scene later in the season, continues to grow. I've heard a lot of good things from people about him. And then Chris Ottman-Bell, the veteran, still around, great leader, uh, looking forward to seeing his comeback after the the big injury. So that that room has a lot of talent. Biggest question I have: O line coming together. What does the guard spots and center look like? They got some options there. You know, Nathan Bow, Tyler Cooper. Looks like Quinn Carroll will probably play right guard. But you know, it comes down to who wins those couple of spots of Cooper, Nathan Bow, Carter Shaw, uh, competing it out on that side. And then I'd say on the defense secondary they didn't have much talent there just because they had only five defensive backs practicing sometimes in the cornerback room when i was there able to add trayvon jones from uh, elon uh craig mcdonald transfer from auburn who they're waiting to see if he's going to get eligibility he's more of the nickel uh, type of player that can provide value there and then tyler bride who i would keep an eye on as potentially the impact player who can play inside uh, outside and then kick inside on pass rushing down or passing downs if needed. So they got some versatility that they added in that cornerback room. How do those pieces come together is is kind of the question I have. Yeah, and uh, obviously they're now in the middle of uh, of the summer here. I shouldn't say middle. They just, I guess, started summer school within the last week or two. But they uh, they can practice, kind of have these captains practices on their own. They have limited uh, availability to be around the football coaches. They can be around the strength and conditioning coaches as much as they want. And this is a big time um, where this is where you have that you know the three months of lifting and you gain and speed and strength and those kind of things that certainly can have an impact on a program, uh, particularly these young guys, uh, uh, you know, that, that may not even, what they do here in the next three months might not even pay off in calendar year 2023, but it can certainly get them on the right track to be impact guys in 24, 25 and on down the road, I would think. Jobs are won in fall camp. And so you teach everything, you develop up, you install things and work on the fundamentals in the spring. And then who puts in the work from the time spring ball ends to fall and who competes and comes and takes the job in the fall? That's where everything is won. And a lot of the questions that people have will be answered. I always get the messages from people wanting me to formulate opinions in the spring. I always say I'm not formulating anything <laughs> until about August 25th. You yeah. can talk to me on August 25th and I will give you 
my opinion on where they, like last year i felt like receiver they were just a couple of sh- players short there offensively to be dynamic in that category this year my question comes down to as things stand right now I want to see the pass rush improve. Defensive tackle, are they able to get consistency there? Because interior push is so important. And then how do those secondary pieces come together? Just because you got some moving pieces, there's some players that are capable there. They're able to bring in the portal, but they came late. They didn't get all those spring ball reps. So how do all those moving pieces fit together? I guess if you want that to happen on one side of the ball, it's Joe Rossi because that staff and Joe – They've proven they're able to adapt and get the most out of players. So, again, August 25th is going to be the deciding day. People will get my opinion that day. We'll keep an eye uh, certainly on the webpage. Tell us about your webpage again and um, how they can get uh, involved with it. You can check it out, gophersguru.com, $5 a month for the subscription. So it includes features, uh, writing about the players and their backgrounds. I just did one on Greg Esslinger who was just put on the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame ballot, uh, done some features on different players as well. Then next level breakdowns, simplifying the game to help people understand uh, the type of players the Gophers are getting recruiting and then applying some of the things that you see on the field, uh, helping people just understand the game through a different lens. So if you want a next-gen sort of approach to Gophers coverage, it's gophersguru.com. Here it is. And and some might say, well, I'll wait till football season. But a lot of the really good stuff is right now you're breaking down recruiting and you've got uh, all kinds of stuff. So there is no off-season for you. There's no off-season. I tell you, it's crazy. The site started three years ago, July 1st, in the middle of a global pandemic. But <laughs> I look back and I had no clue what would happen. But the last two weeks have shattered every viewership record. I mean, it's incredible how the recruiting side of it drives people's interest and they love it. So just head on over to the site and check out what's going on. Well, we always appreciate your time, and uh, we'll certainly have you on again this summer. And August 25th, I've already got you penciled in uh, now that you've uh, self-promoted, that you're going to have us uh, give you the, the, the definitive breakdown of go for football. Friday, August 25th. You better block out that week. Block out that week. special pod. We're going to have you on. All right. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Gophers Guru Daniel House, gophersguru.com. It's episode number 75. I hope you enjoyed all the terrific insight from Gopher Guru Daniel House from gophersguru.com. My thanks to him for spending time with us on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 75. We're presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well. And we also are sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and right now, click the subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so and free to listen at any time. And please, won't you share the link of the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week. We'll